Happy New Year. Welcome to the yeah. Semi-Bookish Podcast. Season 3, 4. This is season 4 season now. Season 4. Well, I mean, in August is technically when our seasons start, but, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. If we want to go by the years, this is season 4. Okay. All right. But, you know, whatever. I wasn't sure how the system worked. Because August is when we started the podcast. Okay. Anyways, welcome to the Semi-Bookish Podcast. It's been like a month. <laughs> Uh-huh. We're sorry. Just a, just a string of mishaps. We're and sorry, uh, listeners. You don't understand. Hmm. No, you don't understand. Um, there were some complications. The first one being um, uh, the retirement of one of our own from the library led to a retirement party, and then everyone getting sick except for like a small like handful of staff members. So, that lasted for two weeks, and and then Christmas, and then Christmas, and uh, so yeah, we haven't been back in a while. Sorry, but we're back today. <laughs> it's been a weird few weeks. Yeah, it's to been put a it weird, mildly. It's been a weird month. <laughs> and we got a new employee. And we did get a new employee. However, their introduction will be later on yes. in the semi-bookish theme of worlds. However, you know. For now, uh, we they're not here at the moment, but welcome our youth li- new youth librarian, Jess. Yay. Um, Tony's clapping from the other side of the room. Yeah, yeah. so if you can't hear Tony, they are far away. Like, <laughs> oh, are you guys watching One Piece? No. Oh. I mean, we could. Be a lot cooler if you Because no one was here when we did watch One Piece. So, you know, your um, idea, friends, um, listeners, if you have teens in the area who uh, want something fun to do in the afternoon, you should come to the library on, what is it, every other Tuesday? Every Tuesday in January and February. Every Tuesday in January and February, you should come to the library at around like 4.15-ish, 4.30, and you you can hang out with Tony, who is awesome. And talk about anime and watch anime and you know yeah whatever you want I th- I think that'd be great I think that'd be fun so you know there's your little plug for something happening and if you'd like something to do is it every Saturday that you every other Saturday that you're here until fret February uh, yes we're having a teen boggle tournament I've never played boggle in my entire life and I'd like to watch <laughs> I don't even know what boggle is sure I think it's something like a Scrabble is it kind of like a Scrabble? Um, it is better than Scrabble. Better oh, than Scrabble. it's better than Scrabble. And Those I, are some words, Tony. Yeah, well, shots okay, fired so here's my problem with Scrabble is that I'm really bad at it. Um, so I am not a fan of Scrabble. Um, I've also never played Scrabble. I've played word games. With Boggle, it is more of pattern recognition Ooh. as words. So you have this little, you know nine by nine cube sort of box and each cube has letters on all sides and so you juggle it or jiggle it jiggle it jiggle it in all the squares <laughs> they all you know because it's in a it's in a like enclosed case so you just jiggle the case while it's enclosed all the letters will shake up and then you wait until they settle mm-hmm. and then you set the timer and everyone who's looking at that is all looking at the same thing but you have to come up with words from that pattern from from what you see in all of those yeah okay and then everybody and then afterwards how you win or how you determine who won is we all three of us would then look at 
or we would read off our words. So if I'm reading off my words, inevitably there's going to be a lot of similar Overlap. words like A-R-E-T-H-E, you know, and so all the ones that I have that you also have, you cross out, and whoever's left standing with the most words, the wins. most unique words, wins. Is it, is it, are the words that you're allowed to get, is it like anything goes, they don't have to connect to each other? No, they have to connect to each other. The words have to connect? Like, like the, the letters. letters have to connect to form the word. So okay. it can be around like a corner or it can be like next to each other, but they, as long as you can see that they connect like a crossword puzzle, mm-hmm. then that's the word. Okay, no, that, that makes sense. That's what yeah. That was my question because I was like, wordscapes is kind of not like that. It's, no, it's one of those apps games where... Yeah, I play Wordscapes. It's similar, but not exactly yeah. the same. I don't yeah. exactly play it. My mom plays it, and sometimes she can't find words, and so she'll turn around and she'll be like... Here's my Kindle in my hand. She'll do this in front of me, and I'll just be like... She'll be like, oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, so it's similar, but not exactly the same. All right. So I'd like to know what everyone is reading before we get into the episode. Okay, as is tradition. I will start because I'm not reading anything right now. I am having the hardest time so figuring out how, what book I want to start my year out with. Mm-hmm. There's a strong part of me, I make no promises, but there's a strong part of me that wants to read Unsold by Will White, which is the first of the Cradle mm-hmm. series. But that's just because I promised my boyfriend that I would at least read one of the series this year that he's trying to get me to read. And I figure, why start small? Let's go with the 12 book one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I haven't started yet because the last time I tried I was so bored because I have heard from not just from my boyfriend but from like many different YouTubers too that the first couple of cradle books are really hard to get through because they're so slow Mm -hmm. um because they're building up to everything that's coming um so that's I have to just adjust my mental mindset to that mental mindset. What you, you know what I mean? I have to adjust my mindset to that kind of book. And I don't know. I just anything that I read right now at this moment because it's the beginning of the year feels like homework. So I don't know where to start. Like I'm just like I, I, uh, uh, so I'm not reading anything right now. Are you playing anything? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing a lot of Gotham Knights right now. I said that very pointedly because um, I knew exactly what Tony's playing. <laughs> yes, because I had an itch for it, and I love that game anyway, so playing it again, I have a goal of playing uh, Tim Drake across as much of it as possible because I, I have focused less on Tim than any of the other characters in all of my other playthroughs. I love Tim. So, and there have been I many, many so playthroughs. So this time I'm, I, like... Tim is not only the best player, because I literally leveled him up as much as possible across three different games before this one, and I've just been hitting continue the whole so time. there's New Game Plus. Yeah, there's New Game Plus, yeah, and you can just keep going, and I, the only change I made this time was leveling up the difficulty, which, if you've played enough Gotham Knights, is not really all that more difficult for a while, and then you start getting in, like, the Court of Owls, and... Um, the uh, the League of Shadows. Once those characters start emerging, you're just like, oh, I forgot that this game could be this hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's what I'm playing. What am I watching right now? Oh, you know that's another thing. Right now, my what I want to watch. I don't know. Everything's up in the air, and I feel like anything that I watch right now, like I just finished my rewatch of Game of Thrones, that I started super late last year. But that was only the last three episodes, you know, of finishing it. So I'd feel like I'm not really, like, 
attached to a desire to watch anything right now, um, which is weird for me. But, you know, who knows? One night I'll just finish The Crown and call it a day. I don't know. So anyway, Grant, what are you reading, watching, playing, entertained by? Entertained by? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so as far as books go, um, I'm reading a few things. Um, They're all vaguely connected. So, a few episodes ago. Yes. A few episodes ago. I I can't (laughs) rightly remember which episode it was, but I made a passing passing comment, um, and Tony called me out on it. Oh, no. Where I I said that um, the entirety of human civilization um, is built around death. Yes. Okay. And eventually, later that day, after the podcast and everything, I came with my explanation to you, and I mentioned... um, the writings of Peter Zapfa and Martin yeah. Heidegger and stuff. Are yeah. you reading them? <laughs> I'm not reading them. However, little did I know there's a whole gosh darn book about this subject mm. um, oh. that actually won the Pulitzer Prize. Oh, um, oh okay. Posthumously. Um, sure. It is <laughs> as the, only fitting. Of course. Yes. Fair. Um, it was ri- it's the de- denial of death by Ernest Becker. Oh. Um, and he pretty much proposes exactly what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where and. It, I have a little quote. Basically, he sums it up in one sentence. Um, Don't you hate people who can do that? I know. <laughs> it's almost like you wrote it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, he says, In the denial of death, I argue that man's innate and all-encompassing fear of death drives him to attempt to transcend death through culturally standardized hero systems and symbols. And part of that is basically how people and groups of people create immortality projects, mm. which can be national identities. Um, mm-hmm. Religions, blah 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 blah. Publishing companies, you know, as a defense mechanism, basically as a, a way to create meaning. Yeah. So of, so so he be, yeah. Yeah, out of out of nothing. Yeah. So precisely. And what he posits basically, if humans were left to their own devices, if they were actually like us as self-conscious beings, if we were to actually um, have full unfettered access yeah. to the true nature of reality, yeah, we'd go insane. Like the knowledge of our own temporality and our death. Well, sign me up. That's I'm down for it. I'll do it. Interesting. <laughs> no, and, and, and like it's, it's like this book has rocked me in like genuinely. Yeah. In a way that a nonfiction book hasn't in a really long time. Sure. Grant yeah. shook. A, I am shook. A because <laughs> it it vibes with my hunches and sure. stuff. Yeah. Stuff that I believe. Yeah. Absolutely. Not that I agree with him on everything. He has some questionable views on homosexuality. Well, you know. You know. <laughs> it happens. It was the it was the late seventies, which doesn't help his case, but Precisely. Um, yes. Yes. I think he's a very smart individual. Mm. Um yeah. with some questionable views. Sure, um, of course. Yeah. But yeah. overall, um it's a very, very interesting book. Hmm. Um, like I said, it won the Pulitzer Prize yeah. after he died of cancer. I believe he wrote it. The like, he wrote it while he had cancer. Wow. I'm not sure. So this is kind of like a final hurrah, hurrah, yeah. fighting against the dying of the light. Yeah. Um, but he backs it up with a lot of interesting um, studies, and yeah. a lot of it has to do with psychoanalysis, which I know some people are kind of iffy on the sure. efficacy of that. Sure, um, sure, but. Overall, in broad strokes, mm-hmm. I very much vibe with this. Um, yeah. And so kind of related, I'm also reading um, Oedipus, Man, and... No, Oedipus, Myth, and Complex, which is just a... Uh, it's a uh, basically point-by-point point 
walkthrough of like the big names in psychoanalysis. Oh, stuff. okay. Oh, that's cool. Um, sure. Grant is busy being an academic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, I'm actually excited about stuff, which is. No, I love that. That's exciting. Hyperfixation. I don't know, honestly. I did forget to mention hmm. that the one thing I am actually watching, hmm. I am taking my sweet, precious time with because 25 episodes should go much faster, but oh my god, I am living for Berserk 1997. Oh, thank god. It is, <laughs> it is so... Berserk is goaded. It is so divine. It Mm -hmm. is just unbelievable, a masterpiece. Um, I really want to read it, but again, thanks to my, you know, loving boyfriend, he went off. He went off on this whole. He went off on this whole thing just from seeing the one (laughs) issue I have checked out. He went on this whole thing of like why he's obsessed with Berserk, and then he was like, "All right, but." Seriously, we're going to watch Berserk, right? And I was like, of course we are, after you just <laughs> talked about it that way. And we had to do the 1997 one, simply because he goes, oh, yeah, we have to do this one, because the music is right. Oh, And, yes. and the, he's so right. The creator, uh, after the series came out, the creator would listen to the soundtrack from the adaptation while he was writing. No was way. Writing. Oh, yeah, oh so. so I can't, you know, I can't really speak to it as an adaptation, but I can speak to it as a story, as an anime that I am watching. It is unbelievably breathtaking and yet at the same time it is quite simply a courtly romance in a way yeah. it's i mean you know it's any it, the utter queerness between griffith and guts is so obvious and mm-hmm. that's the whole point and if you miss that it's because you either aren't queer so you're not thinking that way or or you have no idea what a courtly romance mm-hmm. is which is that's a huge component of the courtly romance is this you know, very beautiful, attractive, almost angelic being who is constantly denying and rejecting those who are most attracted to them. Usually it's a woman um, in the courtly romances of old, but there's a whole tradition of courtly romances where this is happening between two men and the one man is this beautiful, angelic, Griffith-like being and the other one is this like rough and tumble like knight with the sword that can kill all, all people, you know, the black swordsman. Guts. So it's... It's layered. the 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 layers of that yeah, of that story are just unbelievable. If you haven't seen it or read it, I highly recommend. It. Yeah, it's it's so good. I'm fifteen episodes in now, and I want those last ten episodes to really take time. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful story. So that's where I'm at. Don't look it up online, please. The last ten episodes. Don't look up anything about. It. Just that's all. I said. Okay, that's thank all I said. you. That's a good thing. That's a good just, thing just, to know. Just cause... avoid discussion. Good, good. Thankfully, I'm already obsessed, so okay. that helps me to not want to watch anybody talk about it just yet. So, cool. I had to get that out. Yes, Aaron. Oh, hi. <laughs> Sorry. What are you? I kind of also forgot that I was here. Entertained um, by. Um. So pull you first back of all, in. yeah, I'm playing Gotham Knights too, because you know. Yep. I literally, I opened it up and then didn't realize that it had updated and it allows cross-play now. <laughs> so, sa- was it Saturday or Friday? Yes, it was Saturday. First no, it was Friday. Friday. It was yeah. the evening. So, uh, Tony was like, yeah, I'm going to go play Gotham Nights. Which and I didn't do until day, Saturday, Friday. but, you know, whatever. And I was like, I also want to play Gotham Nights. So, I went back because, you know, I'm obsessed because Tim Drake and uh, Richard Grayson exist. True. That's all I need to care about, by the way, is mm-hmm. they exist. Anyway, so I opened it up and it was like, oh yeah, crossplay exists. And so I text Tony and I go, Tony, it's got crossplay. Because my brain goes, 
And when I finish it, we can play. It's true. Yeah. So I was like, yay. Yeah. Anyways, so, you know, I'm rolling through um, Tim Drake right now. Nice. Still, because, you know, I have to. Of course. And I'm trying to figure out where I want to put every single... Because I like to play it for my first round. How I want to do is I want every single character have their own... That's how I did it when I first played, yeah. And I'm trying to decide who I want where. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care if they're like a bad matchup because I think of it as a challenge. Exactly, it is. And yeah. so therefore, I'm just going, all right, so who do I want here? So I have Nightwing. I have him in Court of Owls land right now just because... It's a fairly even fight. Canon-wise, it kind of makes sense a little bit, but you know. Um, and then... For a hot minute, I had Jason doing Mr. Freeze for a hot minute, and then I switched for the last, for, I'm on mission four for Mr. Freeze, but like for mission three, I switched to Tim for a hot second, and it worked pretty well, so I was like, okay, and I was going to have Tim do Harley, and now I might switch. (laughs) Across the board with that Um, game. But then that leaves Babs with Clayface, and I'm like, do I really want to leave Babs with Clayface? I actually put, I used Babs for Clayface this time, which I've never done before, and she fits well enough, but Mm. on the, but again, that increased difficulty, just the first, not the first Clayface mission where you're like, trying to figure out wait is this Clayface but the one where you actually go confront him for the first time which as you know is not that hard no it's not but when you're on the hard level and you've leveled all of your characters up it was a painful 15 minutes because isn't he the last one that pops up or is it Court of Owls I think well Court of it depends on how you play it really Court of Owls if you if you take Clayface on, because it, it looks like a street fight initially, because he's in all these different locations around New right, Gotham. Right, right. No, so I did so the first Clayface mission. Do the, I'm not on the second one. Yeah, if you don't do the first Clayface mission before Court of Owls, then he'll probably show up after. If that makes sense, because he just keeps. Yeah. Yeah. So the weird part is, is responding. I think I actually unlocked him. Like his whole entire mission set, mm. I unlocked it after the Court of Owls started. Interesting. Sure. Um, sure. And I'm not entirely sure how I did that, and I don't remember how I did that. Don't ask me that question because yeah. it's been like a few months since I've touched it. Sure. Anyways, yes. reading. What are you reading? Um. So right now I have Nightwing Volume One. It's the what is it? The is Tom, Tom Taylor one. Oh, yeah. It's Leaping I, Into Light. Yeah, I'm just obsessed one, yeah. with the dog at the moment. Yeah, you were telling me about the dog. Yeah. Dog yeah. is cute. I also ranted at the, Grant about the dog. So. <laughs> I hope it becomes a crime fighting dog. We want it to be crypto. Well, I mean, honestly, um, you know, Batman has always had Bat... Well, Ace is the name they gave him in um, Batman Beyond, but there's always been a Bat-dog as long as there's been a Batman, so... So, and then also, at the same time, I didn't realize that I was reading the novelization. I thought it was the Webtoon version, but it's okay. On my actual Kindle Kindle, not on Hoopla, um, I'm reading Under the Oak Tree by Suji Kim. Um, oh. So it's a webtoon. Okay. So the initial webtoon is Maxie. Her name is actually Maximilian, but whatever. Okay. She's the eldest daughter of a family, and she's got a lot of trauma from her dad or whatever. Um, and so she has, like, a whole entire inferiority complex. It's, like, a whole thing, right? And so her dad uh, decides to, because he's received this order to fight, a, fight something or whatever, he marries her, her off to some peasant knight guy. Mm. And so he wants to push off his like martial 
like responsibilities to this peasant knight instead sure. of having to deal with it himself. Sure. So he's like, I don't want to go fight. I'm going to make this guy marry my daughter and then send him off instead. So wow. I don't have to do anything. Like that it's is... a whole thing. So she's basically thrust into this marriage. She has no idea who this guy is. She has no idea what's going on. Except for the fact that she's marrying him. She's freaking out because she has the inferiority complex. They, you know, spend the first night together because they have to, because this is like kind of like medieval yeah. like court style things. Yeah. And then he leaves the next day. And he's gone for three years. Okay. And so now he's come back to the city because he's won the war. Yeah. They're still married. Basically, Dad was thinking like he was going to die or whatever, so he didn't have to go in to battle himself. But he ended up marrying his daughter off to a hero. Yeah. <laughs> and so she thinks that because they're going to be strangers now, Maxie thinks because they're going to be strangers now, he's going to absolutely hate her, want to divorce her, which will ruin her entire life. She because does. she doesn't know what to do after that because she thinks she's pretty much going to like die after she that. She does like, have an inferiority complex. Wow. So she thinks he's just basically going to like dump her immediately as he comes into the town right and go for somebody else yeah no so i watched a little i read a little bit of the webtoon before i read the actual like this book yeah so no he comes in and he's like obsessed because he's like this is my wife yeah i love my wife like she's fantastic wow and so now they have to navigate finding each other through like right. now because it's been three years they don't know each other right, like exactly wow. i've been married to this guy i've never seen or i haven't seen in like three and a half years what am i supposed to do with this yeah. like kind of thing yeah. and then i'm also watching on crunchyroll <laughs> um the first episode oh, of the new so- solo leveling, solo leveling yeah. came out which i read the whole series as we all know yeah uh, solo loving leveling came out so this is the first episode Basically, the whole entire thing is about Jinwoo, who is the world's weakest hunter. He's only brought in specifically so they can use him as bait. Mm-hmm. And um, he and a group of people go into a dungeon. And everything goes wrong. And it basically becomes where when he wakes up, it basically turns into he's like a, a gamer. Mm. And like a screen will pop up in front of him and say like, your level up tasks for the day are to do these things. So basically, it's like it's a lit RPG, but in an but in a it's not an anime, a manga. It's a it is a manga. Is it a manga? It's, it's, it's a, a Korean manga. Okay, all right, yeah. So it's basically like the lit RPG, but in it's yes, yes. In in a however, I comic book I actually form. like it a lot. Yeah, I've heard it's really there good. is an actual like storyline like attached to it mm-hmm. like. There's, like, a guy who, like, dies eventually, and then his brother, who is, like, the head of, like, Hunter's Guild over here in this area, finds yeah. out about it. Yeah. And realizes that this guy is alive, and, he, like, Jinwoo's alive and killed him. And, ooh, Just so now he's going to try to go against... Like, there's, like, a whole thing, and the whole entire reason that Jinwoo is even a hunter in the first place is because his mom is ill. Huh. And so he's trying to fix his mom. Fun. Fun. Um, and then also Sign of Affection came out. Okay. Which is the other manga that I'm obsessed with, which is the girl who sure. is deaf and, yeah, it's a romance manga, whatever. Nice. So that's what Cute. I'm doing. Anyways, so let's go into this topic that I know very little about. <laughs> um, so this is a back episode for people who would like a little bit of context. Yes. Last month was Grant's birthday. Hooray. Happy birthday. Yay. And uh, <laughs> we were going to have a birthday episode for Grant, except for, you know, then, you know, everything went Yes. So H-E double hockey sticks broke loose. <laughs> yes. So we are having Grant's episode. So Grant, what is today's topic? 
So uh, today it's not book related, so please forgive me, dear listeners. However, this is the ish of semi book. This is the ish. This is the ish. I know. I'm the ish. I bring it. Um, so this is one of my favorite television shows. It's mm-hmm. BoJack Horseman. Yeah. Um, if I, mean, I wrote a little inter- introduction, literally while I was just upstairs, for mm. so people who aren't familiar with it, I can just give a great thanks. I enjoy that. Thanks. I love it. Love All right. That. So, BoJack Horseman is an animated show created by Raphael Bob Waksberg that premiered on Netflix on August twenty second, twenty fourteen, and ran for six seasons before airing its last episode on January thirty first, twenty twenty. The show is nominally an animated sitcom following the trials and tribulations of washed-up 90s TV actor Bojack Horseman, an actual horse. His similar, yes. similarly anthropomorphized acquaintances Princess Caroline, Bojack's manager slash ex-girlfriend, and Mr. Peanut Butter, Bojack's oblivious... I and, love him. I love yes, him. Bojack's oblivious and doggedly optimistic <laughs> acting rival. Um, Rude. As well as the humans Todd, Bojack's deadbeat roommate, and Diane, whom Bojack has hired to ghostwrite his memoir in a bid to restart his career. Yeah. Quickly, however, it becomes clear that the show has ambitions beyond the endless loop of sitcom plot contrivances in which each new episode is a blank slate and ends with a clear-cut moral message, typified in-universe by Horsin' Around, the trashy Full House-esque show that made Bojack famous. Mm-hmm. We witness strikingly profound meditations on fame, mental illness, death, the entertainment industry, power dynamics, abuse, sexuality, inherited trauma, forgiveness, and many other topics in ways that many quote-unquote serious shows wouldn't and perhaps couldn't dare dare to. Hmm. All the while finding time for the well-timed zoological pun. Over its 77 episodes, BoJack Horseman subverts the expectations of both genre and form, becoming an unapologetically bleak dissection of its characters' psyches while never forsaking its inherent comedic strengths. It is, like life, both deeply funny and deeply sad. The show has garnered great acclaim not only for its consistently superb writing, but for its unforgivable characters and formal innovation in a medium, animation, that is too often content to churn out the same tired cliches despite its many latent possibilities. Mm -hmm. During its run, it won multiple awards and nominations, and the show still boasts a dedicated fan base. In fact, just this year, IndieWire named BoJack Horseman the greatest animated show of all time in its yearly updated list. Now, Tony... You are the I feel like you were just like read me a dissertation, <laughs> and I feel like I, I need you to write like a PhD thesis on Bojack Horseman. I'm also not prepared for the now Tony. Now Tony, you, you, <laughs> I'm I, I believe you're the one that actually introduced me to the show and convinced me to watch it. Yeah, you, you along with a, a, a fellow um, coworker. Sure. Um, so where did you when did you first watch it? What were your initial thoughts? And what are your thoughts now? Um. So I first watched it. Wow, two years ago now. Yeah, so it would have been in 2022. Um, I think spring, spring, summer was when I watched it. Um, so I think we were done by early summer. Started with a friend of mine, um, and because it was, he loved it so much, and he had seen it like all the way through four or five times by that point um so he was very very familiar with it we started by watching just random episodes mm-hmm. um because it does as a sit as it has that sitcom kind of thing to it you can just watch random episodes out especially of order especially towards the first half especially of the show. yes so the first three seasons i think we picked more out of than the last three seasons because mm-hmm. you know as you know the last three seasons start to loop things together and you start getting you know which is very typical, actually, of sitcoms. Um, their early seasons are very, you know, situational and meant to make you laugh. And then later on, as you know these characters more, you get 
more serious, um, longer form storytelling kinds of mm-hmm. things. Anyway, all of the Full House um, storytelling. Full, I, yeah, Full House, um, Friends, Frasier. They all do it and at different points, um, but it's a sitcom staple. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I think when I first saw? It? I think when I first saw it, I didn't know what to think. Um, and I didn't want to formulate thoughts too quickly mm-hmm. because I was enjoying it. Um, certainly more than I would have imagined. Um, this is not Rick and Morty people. Um, for one, it's actually funny. <laughs> I'll, I'll forgive you for that. I enjoy Rick and Morty. I know. Plenty of people do. You can all hate me later. Um, but <laughs> Send your flames to 143. <laughs> you, you really can. Send, um, it, send it to Dan. But it's funny in a different... Okay, so the problem, what, the biggest problem I have was... Rick and Morty and shows like it, because mm-hmm. it's certainly not the only one like it, um, is that, like many animated shows for adults, they have a roster of jokes that they tell, and they all tell them differently. There is no separation between the jokes on Archer and the jokes on Rick and Morty. One just has time traveling, you know, as its core component, and the other one has a spy I'm doing air quotes here. <laughs> a spy company as its core base, but the but the but the jokes are the or, same. Or you know, there's you know. a law firm. Hi, Harvey Birdman at law. Same yeah, no, exactly. I, I love no, Harvey but, Birdman at law. Don't but get it's, me wrong. But that's the thing is that like I mean, it was a, it was an astute observation that you made about how often, no matter which place the animation is coming from, you are almost always supposed to work in stereotypes. I mean, that's expected of you. It's what you do to make your name. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go a little bit more edgy and bold, you do that later. You certainly do not do that with your very first animated something out the, South out the gate. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but this, right but at the gate. He, but the, the creator of the show, I mean, honestly, it's remarkable that one man wrote so much of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because how can one mind use any medium to that degree but and not to downplay the other like the p- other people in the yeah writing, they're, but he, yes. he has a very but he had a very large presence he did yeah and, and and you find what I often found myself doing as I was first watching it was thinking which I do this a lot if I'm impressed by a show I kept thinking yeah but what are they not telling us <laughs> you know like there's so much of it that's in there that you're like yeah, that was supposed to be a joke. Like, it was played as a joke. But was it like, <laughs> Like, was it one of those situations that was so funny that they had to write it into the show because no one would believe that it was real? So it has to be a, a punchline? Or, you know what I mean? I, that was my thing. I was just trying to figure out where, where were they pulling from because it, by turns, comments on, you know, our obsessive um, Hollywoodized culture... Um, but it also, in the same breath, will comment on how uh, uh, balancing one's life as a woman, if you intend to do anything other than have children, um, is challenging. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it with a character that's a cat. Mm-hmm. Like, she literally, uh, often as a punchline, will start scratching things in her office. Sometimes those things are scratching posts, and sometimes they're not. One of my but she's a cat. Is the uh, mailman bit? <laughs> With peanut butter in the car. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. (laughs) Peanut butter. Sorry, it's one of the scenes that I've actually seen is the peanut butter in the car. Yeah. Cop pulls him over and he goes, I'm sorry. It was just me and the mailman have a thing. The mailman pulls up and he's like, wait, 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 just a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I was like, oh, that's cute. It's layered with jokes like that. And yet at the same time, it is so 
searing and I never like to say that a, that a piece of entertainment is important because I feel as though that is taking away from the individual viewer's ability to say no to something. Yeah. You know, just because something is important doesn't necessarily make it, just because what something is saying is important to say doesn't mean it has to be said this way, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. But I can't think of any better way that so many of those subjects were covered, particularly in the same show. Mm -hmm than in BoJack. I mean, and I think it's because of exactly what the show is yes, and that, how it's made that it works. That I those, completely agree. those topics come across as well thought out as they do. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming you had more questions. Uh, <laughs> well, we... really quick, I'll add something. Like, specifically sure. yeah. with the main character, um, yeah. with, a, with a character as problematic and disturbing as disturbing just uh self-destructive mm -hmm. um destructive in general mm -hmm. as him i don't need, i don't know if they would have gone as far or if people would have accepted a, a live action drama maybe going as far because i don't know how far people would have identified with him i feel like they're kind of in a way lulled in yes. with the expectation oh they're they're anthropomorphic animals they're mm -hmm. it's gonna be at this goofy show That's which the first season, three, three seasons are for they're just there to lure you in in an essence it is a goofy show yes but it also it's a lot more than that so but, um yeah yes. it's a lot more than that i mean i think that's I think that if it would have been a live action it would have been canceled fast mm -hmm. because one you have to sell people on the fact that <laughs> these are animals yeah and it's so much easier to do in an animation because we've all seen, you know, Zootopia saying. I mean, oh, we we get it. That's a, that's the whole. It's like it's like the difference between um, um, how many picture books, right? Have if you, if you were to ask me, could you help me find picture books about cows or dogs or roosters or ducks? Ducks. There's so there's a whole category. There are categories on categories about these. I mean, let alone cats and dogs. Like, are you kidding me? Because kids accept the idea that anything could talk because they haven't been proven that it can't. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's that's a whole. You know, you have that expectancy, so it's easier to sell me about it. It's easier to sell me the cat in the hat in a picture book. You try to take that same concept and write it for adults. That's not going to be easy because your adult audience is automatically going, wait a minute, so I'm supposed to follow a talking bear who also plays the saxophone? Time out. I'm done. It, so, you know, similar things with BoJack. It just would not have worked as well in that way. But I also think, you know, again, to your point about how serious, if you look at disturbing sitcom characters in the past, I'm talking about everybody from Sheldon Cooper all the way back to Diane Chambers on Cheers. And there's, I mean, Archie Bunker even further back, right? They can only go so far because this is a real human being saying real words or words approximate to how you would think someone would say that. You know, Archie Bunker can be as racist all day long as he really is, but if there's no redemption arc, no one wants to remember Archie Bunker, even from back then. He's not funny anymore at a certain point because society is leaning towards an area of saying, can we not be as racist as we were before? You know, and so television- It also banks on how much the actor who is playing that character- Yes. Wants to do the things that are like within that character's purview, so like- Yeah, we all know that television in Hollywood, they're all more conservative than we are. 
Yeah. As oh, real 100 percent. Yeah. So to find something like BoJack that is so it's not even that it's liberal. It is its own special classification mm. of a thing. It's, it's honest. It's uh, it, yes, and that is something we are and not, not, not used to. Not not honest in the way that some. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't. I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> not honest in the way some people would say, but it's. It's just. Yeah, yeah it is. It's very honest. Yeah. Oh. Um. So, uh, is, is it okay if I direct another question at Tony first? Yeah, you can direct <laughs> okay, as okay. many questions at Tony as you so okay. feel like. I will <laughs> right. interrupt with what I want. However, the only character I will say right now that you know I have a weird attachment to, and that's just because I was watching clips mm. and you know. I find them hilarious is peanut butter. No, Mr. Mr. Peanut Butter, it's easy to get attached to Mr. Peanut Butter. I will yes. say that... Granted, that's because I was watching the ski scene. Oh, yes. I love yes. that that's episode. A, that is a good episode. <laughs> it's so good. It's one of the last, like, out-and-out... It's like fun. Yes, episodes. it is one of the last out now. Yes. <laughs> I just sat yeah. there and I was like, oh, is this like some like that so my society adjacent? Favorite like? line from that episode that my friend and I will frequently just literally we will shout this at each other all the time. And people walk watching us go down the street will just look at us like we are the craziest people in the world. We just scream, Go with Charles! And literally, <laughs> just for no because it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. Also the oh. uh paying uh, kinder, paying kindergartners $50,000 so you can make a movie about Jack. Oh. <laughs> yes. You know, there's there's so many quotes from just name an episode and that. Yeah. Um, so the next question I was going to ask, it was, um, I know you started watching it out of order, and I'll kind of answer my own question first. Sure. But for me, there was a point, there was a turning point where I was like, wow, this show is like its, its own thing. It's something else. Mm-hmm. And it really worked for me. And that was... Um, Escaping, escape from LA in season two, which is the episode where he goes to visit um, oh. his old flame, the deer. By the way, listeners, if you haven't guessed it already, we will have spoilers. Yes, so, yes. You know, spoilers if you actually are, want to watch might, the show without spoilers, it's a hard show to spoil. Like, really, the only way you can spoil it is if you talk about the last two seasons. Yes, I think. But yeah, that is a huge yes. turning at the, point. At the end of that episode, because it, it starts out how the show, you know, at the end of the episode, my jaw was just like dropping. It, it's, it hits you. It does. Um, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be the best person to describe that episode, but um, like why? But Is like, that the episode that ends with... <sighs> Well, the, the whole episode has a... It's like, not the one where he's watching the Mustangs run and do all of that thing. No, that's, that's the that's ending later. of... That's later. That's later, okay. Um, that, that That's a really good scene, though. Yeah, it, it is. It, yeah. it ends whatever season. That's the end of three or two. Oh, that's right, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so basically he goes to... It's either Oklahoma or New Mexico. I think it's New Mexico. It's New um, Mexico. Mm-hmm. To hoping to reconnect with this old flame of his, like I said, and it turns out she has a family kyle and the kids mm-hmm. which has a very uh, memorable um kind of sitcom-esque intro mm-hmm. once after she introduces him to the family it's really funny mm-hmm. and heartbreaking at the same time because while he's going there with unrealistic expectations like i'm gonna marry this person my life's gonna be fine yeah you still feel for him um did you yeah, to a certain extent, by the end of the episode, yeah, however, right. yes, exactly. your your loyalty is uh, tested, to say the least. Yes. Um, and it gets into some legitimately disturbing territory, mm-hmm. which will come back to haunt him later towards the very end of the series in very 
Yes. Yeah. And I like the later episodes where it comes back to haunt him a mm-hmm. lot more than I like that initial episode. Because the initial episode, you're still in that. It, it is a turning point, for sure, because mm-hmm. it's the first time you see something really serious mm-hmm. that doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the cast. I mean, Bojack has frequently, with Diane, mm-hmm. they're frequently casually conversing and laughing about mm-hmm. really serious stuff. Like, yeah. heavy, like, why is Diane on so much medication? And she's like, well, I don't know, because I wake up every day thinking that I shouldn't be here, and sometimes I think I should do something about it. Mm-hmm. And then she, literally, she just says it that casually. Like, it's like the most funny thing in the world. And then Todd, who has no clue, will go, or who you think has no clue, will just go, oh, <laughs> rad. And then go get drunk. And that's <laughs> that's a run of, I mean, that's really how so much of the first few seasons of that show is. And you have to, before you can handle the heavy dosages of stuff that come later. They, they spoon feed it to you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a genius episode. I think it's probably either late season three, early season four. Um, it's the one with um, where Wanda Sykes and Issa D. Oh, I guess yes, that's not her last name anymore. But they're a les- they, they voice cast a lesbian couple. Mm-hmm. So these two black women who are meeting for dinner. Is this the one where and he like, talks of- to her, uh, Bojack talks to her in like the bathroom or whatever? I don't think so. No, no. So these two women, it, the setup of the episode is these two women are both therapists. Mm-hmm. And they sit down at dinner and they talk around their day by giving details that only the audience, even the other spouse, does not know that they're talking about these specific characters. And as the episode is going along, you see their day unfold. And you're like, oh my god. So the person that she's telling her wife about is... Diane, and then the other woman, as she's talking, starts giving identifiers, and you're like, wait a minute, so she's counseling the reason Diane needs counseling? What's going on? And they don't realize it until the end of the episode, but the viewer has already put everything together (laughs) based on either their conversation or what you see Mm -hmm. as their day unfolds. That, just stuff like that is so brilliant, because what you're saying about your cast of characters is these people believe that they have real problems whether they do or not enough to go to therapy and they're even causing their therapists to have problems <laughs> that's how bad their problems are. i think the funniest thing is is you're saying that they're just giving identifiers and not names and mm-hmm. we have to do that in real life too because like like if you work at a hospital or you work at a school or you work at a library because patron mm-hmm. privacy laws mm-hmm. like we when we talk about like like let's say like we go home like let's say you go home to your so mm-hmm. right and you say like oh my god you wouldn't believe the day at work i've had today and they go okay so what about it you can't exactly give names because nope. there's privacy laws involved yep. so when you're describing it like if you were describing to us as your audience like to grant and i like your day and you're only using those identifiers mm-hmm. We would probably know exactly who you're talking about, and it's right. kind of the same, it's the same way. Thing, so but it's you're doing really, it with your entire audience. And it's, it's really funny really. to see like the two therapists are talking around their day, but then you realize it's because one, it's how their jobs work, because that's how my brain went mm-hmm. immediately. Because I'm like, my mom used to work for the schools mm-hmm. doing parapro stuff, and she couldn't tell me couldn't, kids' names. Right. And yeah. then when I went to the exact, I was in the same year that she was working at the five six building, so like I was. Like, I knew the kids. Right. And she couldn't tell me names, but yeah. she would give identifiers, and I would go, oh, it's this one. Oh, it's this <laughs> one. Oh, it's that one. I wouldn't tell her that I knew which names, like, who was who, but I would be like, yeah. oh, it has to be this person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, that's such a, like... 
And but it's the cool. only episode like itself. That was the other thing that I love about that show is this, you get these unique episodes mm-hmm. that are like nothing you've seen in any other place you've seen things, but they're also unlike any other episode in the, the show. show. Yeah. And of course, Free Churro is the one episode that gets that mark more than anything else. Be- deservedly to a point. Deservedly. Yeah, I mean, yes. it, it's for those, I mean, it, it, spoilers, so it's, um, no, no, yeah. So basically the whole episode is, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, if they're you don't, giving, okay, listen, if you're watching, you if you're watching the show, you if you're watching the show and by the time you get to Free Churro, which is deep into mm-hmm. the show, if you have any idea that Bojack's mother is going to make it out of this show alive. <laughs> this is the spoileriest yeah. episode. So she's dead. Listen, his mom I don't think yes. you understand. His Grant gave me a look and then Tony gave me a look. <laughs> because when, to- when Grant said spoilers, like they want me to care about the spoilers. I'm like, why do I care? No, his mom does that, yeah. So his, his mother dies and bas- mm-hmm. basically the entire episode um, is... A monologue given by Will Arnett at his mother's funeral. Will Arnett plays. Yeah, Bojack. Will Arnett's the voice okay. of Bojack. Yeah, um, exactly. Thanks. And yeah. it's not only a masterclass in voice acting, it's a masterclass in television writing, mm-hmm. in um, just so many other things. It, yeah. it, you'll laugh. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he, you know, he'll, he'll bring you up, right? And then it, it, it's simultaneously extremely depressing and honest, <laughs> and like the show itself. Yes. And yeah, yeah, then, then, so the theme then of the show. Yeah, he'll, si- he'll sideline you with a hilarious in fact the whole episode ends in a really dark punchline where he's not even at the right funeral and you think, <laughs> yes exactly and you think right like if you if, if that was the because sh- that is a great introductory episode to some degree like, Tone- tonally tonally wise yes it's yeah. a great introductory episode to let you know like oh this is what you're getting yourself in for but anything you watch after free churro because free churro is another turning point but yes. you don't realize it until you start watching episodes after that because every episode after free churro punches hard. no it's it's unrelenting <laughs> yeah it is it, it, and it doesn't let up like you think like the like penultimate the, episode is awful yeah it's like <laughs> I, I would compare it to uh granite state which is the second to last episode of breaking bad where mm. everything horrible you can imagine happens happens <laughs> yes yes and even the final episode is not it's it's not blindly hopeful it's no rather ambiguous i don't even know that it's hopeful there's a level of acceptance maybe yes i think the only character who has any hope in that is the one getting married and i'm not mm-hmm. spoiling that for you yeah. guys but the I would one say another character has a fairly bright future ahead of them but really who would you say i would say todd but that's true yes actually i Which, agree with that by but the that's way, kind um, of todd yes not to not to take away from not to distract or no but i can't really think of any other television show or really any media before that that tackled with asexuality that openly as no. they did with todd's character later in the show you see a lot of discourse around it with Sheldon and Amy in mm-hmm. Big Bang Theory, but it's they limit themselves because, again, it's that live action thing, and you can. They were very careful not to make asexual people look like punchlines mm-hmm. because you have an entire cast of people who are, I mean, the show begins with uh, all of these um, nerdy guys convincing the audience that they have sex drives, right? So how in the world are you also gonna then introduce two other characters who are 
at a conflict within their relationship over the amount of sex that either one of them wants to have. And so there's a really interesting ace conversation happening there, but it's the word's never said, mm-hmm. and it's never given too much serious conversation yeah. for too long because there are other things you have to deal with. But with Todd, um, they re- I mean, they say the word. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a song? I can't remember. I'm, I'm just almost sure. always a there's, song a, with there's Todd. a lot of di- there's, yeah. a blatant discussion. There is, yeah, and, and yeah, I think it's the most certainly the most serious mm-hmm. um, take on asexuality I've ever seen in a TV show. Which once again is ironic, coming from a show about talking animals. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yes, and they did the fact that they did it with a human character, and that they're having this conversation with his oxalotl girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yes, Todd gets an oxalotl girlfriend, <laughs> and I she's love that. The, she's the one who is like. Have you ever considered that you're probably asexual? <laughs> and he was just like, why do we have to put a label on it? And she's like, no, 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 this is not a bad label. This is one that you should probably think about for longer than five seconds. And it, <laughs> and like Todd never does that. Todd, is, the whole point of Todd is that he's not a thinking person. Mm-hmm. No, you, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't take anything seriously. That's his whole... A role in the show to his advantage and detriment precisely but what's fascinating about this moment is that he actually spends the rest of the episode trying to pin it down like he's just like wait a minute but is this really true about myself it's a remarkable moment for a character that could easily have just been a throwaway comedic thrill you know mm-hmm. the, the character you bring on to make everybody laugh and then you push them off again now they they don't allow any of their characters to be that which is um, yeah Another thing that I feel the show does pretty well, uh, specifically in regards to... Well, no, I guess in regards to multiple characters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, it, when you get into their backgrounds, um, it provides a necessary understanding of why they are who they are um, without excusing any of their less savory behavior. Yeah. I feel like it walks that tightrope tight rope very well. Yeah, um, certainly. Especially with... Bojack himself when you see his family history yeah. in some very memorable flashback episodes. Uh-huh. Uh, and w- one of which is basically a horror movie, in uh-huh. my opinion. Which one? Time's Arrow, where you're following his mother specifically. Oh. While she's oh. suffering from dementia, you're jumping through. Yes. Which oh. is and her just, life. I mean, yeah. it's just horrible. Like, you think... Despite, despite her immense privilege being born into this but you know, mm-hmm. yeah. but also just her incredible savagery mm-hmm. before that yeah. you you in order to relate to or at least to sympathize with or for Bojack up until that point it's always been at the cost of slighting his mother mm-hmm. and if you have any kind of like issue in your parental relationships it's really powerful to like recognize, oh yeah, this guy became what he became, especially after you look at the sitcom that he was on, which is all about family dynamics. Um, he, it's easy to assume, oh, he just becomes this person because his mother was a dreadful woman who married an awful and neglectful man, and you know the pat. But then, that episode where you're hopping around in her life story, you realize, wait a minute, I've just been judging a person whose life story I didn't even know. And now that I know her life story, no wonder she married like the awful guy and was a terrible mom. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing that people spend their whole lifetimes trying to figure out in or outside of therapy, and it, the show does it in six seasons. And it's a, it's a, it's one of those constant discussions people have, you know, nature versus nurture and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, that is one of the reasons I think it is such a, it is a powerful show because it's, it's so easy to look at so much of what we consume and just consume it and not think about the implications of the characters or anything else. But in this show, it's impossible to get through the entire thing Mm -hmm. without feeling a lot of things and thinking and processing and understanding and I mean it's it's an it's it's a it's, it's, it's a great show yeah yeah, yeah. no um <laughs> any any other memorable episodes like like for me mm. as someone diagnosed with depression mm-hmm. am I allowed to swear on this one in the show or um, we can bleep that. I mean would, no uh, F bombs no. Okay. No. <laughs> okay no okay so so there's an episode I'd rather us not get yelled at Stupid. Later on. So there's an episode called "Stupid Piece of um, uh, Excrement." Sure. Where you're basically <laughs> you're basically inside Bojack's head the entire okay. time. Like, hey, that's me on the TV, and I'm like, oh. wow, oh geez, oh geez. Yes. Oh no, this hurts. I, 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 Why I, did I, I do this? With this? Way too much. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like they tackle, like I said in my opening thing, they just they tackle things really well. Yeah, they do. The I would say. A particularly, I can't really recall if this is an episode. It's more of like a. My favorite thing that unfolded, despite it is. It's hard to say that it's the most disturbing thing because of the deer. Mm-hmm. Um, so the deer thing is really disturbing at, at its fullest. There's a reason it keeps. There's a reason it keeps coming back. Yes, exactly. But for me something that is at least equally disturbing but handled so interestingly is um, I want to call her Britney Spears so bad because she basically is kind of a Britney Spears Mm -hmm. you know knockoff if that's even possible yeah Um, I can't remember her name it's it's one of those two name names it's like yeah it is isn't it oh no it's yes it's something Anne isn't it or yeah yeah, something like that yes Um, she's the kid star of the sitcom that Bojack is known for mm-hmm. and for which she's also known but none of these people who worked together ever talk to each other again mm-hmm. until they start to and things start to unfold and unravel and what you find out about where her life went based upon being on that show with Bojack he begins to see for the first time I think how his entire life has been a series of impacting people negatively without realizing how negatively he's impacting them Mm -hmm. and then later on finding out from them or from second parties who knew them just how much their encounters with him their years spent with him Mm -hmm. messed up their lives and it's an incredible corollary between how he really feels about his own upbringing how he feels that had it not been for the parents that he had he would not be as dreadful of a horseman <laughs> as he is and then and you, mm-hmm. the problem with it is is if you watch the thing unfold you can't argue with those positions and unfortunately with her it's too late it's too yes exactly and the that's damage is done. it's yeah exactly and it's i mean it's the ep- the uh the episode where stuff goes down yeah know, um, that's one of the best episodes it, especially yeah. the ending is one of the most hard-hitting mm-hmm. i agree Com- yeah so. yeah it's it's Just, a, yeah yeah it's a great great show it's yeah. everyone should watch it all right, so I don't have a snack. I'm sorry. It's also very funny, guys. So no, it is. Don't it really, really, really is. It's, it's very, very funny. It's very funny. Um, okay, I'm gonna do. I'm terrified. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a snack. It would be beneficial if all three of us could do it, but I'm just gonna do a. Mm-hmm. Do it. Uh, so do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Bojack, Diane, 
Mr. Peanut Butter. Okay. I'm marrying Dis- Mr. Peanut Butter, and I don't care what you Dis- all say. Disregarding sure. what, um, disregarding the fact that they're animals for a second. Well, yes, because um, the three of the, the three of them are in a weird love triangle. So yeah, there we, you go. We know Mr. Peanut Butter has the body. I'm True. going snog. Okay. Marry Diane. Unfortunately, kill Bojack just because of the danger to him. You himself. would marry Diane. That's she, interesting. I mean, if, if if she's good enough for the the bison towards the end of the series. Oh yeah, he's good, good though. I love that bison. Okay, that's fair. Um, I will. Okay, full disclosure. I'm killing Diane. I loathe everything to do with her. <laughs> I, I remember you saying that you weren't a huge fan of. Yeah, she, I, she's a complicated character. She is, and I. The, that is the only way that I can appreciate her is thinking of her as a character. She's an incredibly written character, mm-hmm. and I think if she had been written any less incredibly, I would hate her less. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of part of just Diane's characters that you can't. You, I don't think you can have lukewarm feelings about Diane if you've seen the show. Yeah, I know. I can see you, that. You might have lukewarm feelings about other characters, but you're not going to have that with Diane, um, which I think is a testament to the strength of her position in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would kill her. <laughs> um, I would... Honestly, no one in the show except Princess Carolyn, but that's because Princess Carolyn is in love with Bojack for so long before she actually realizes that... She knows that being in love with him is dangerous, before she knows that she's really in love with him mm-hmm. or the, the depths to which she's really in love with him. So I would say that I would snog Bojack because none of the characters complain about this. None of them. <laughs> That's true. They all complain about many other things to do with Bojack, as they should. But none of them are like, yeah, that was a bad time. No. So they're... does that mean you're marrying Peanut Butter? Oh, that does mean I'm marrying Mr. Peanut Butter, <laughs> yeah, which is and, and probably the worst decision yeah, ever. His, his, his character is compli- it gets more complicated towards the end of the show. Yeah, and he's also just a terrible husband, yeah, <laughs> as we see more than once. So that's the episode, folks, I guess. Next time we're going to talk about, you know, maybe what we're going to talk about for the rest of the year. Thanks for letting me rant at the microphone like I did on the last birthday episode. <laughs> that's the whole point. That's the whole point of the birthday episode. <laughs>